hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm? What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. Today, I'm taking a deep dive into recurrent UTI. I assume if you're listening to this, the symptoms are familiar to you. First is that constant gotta-go feeling accompanied by knife-like pain with urination, and then the terrifying sight of pee, the color of cranberry juice. Anyone who's had this experience knows when they have a urinary tract infection. The only thing more miserable than a urinary tract infection is when it happens again and again and again. First of all, you're not alone. Urinary tract infections, also known as UTIs or bladder infections, are the number two reason for urgent care and telehealth visits. Nearly 10 million people a year are diagnosed with a UTI, and 40% of women experiencing UTIs end up with repeat infections. A recurrent urinary tract infection is defined as more than two infections in six months or more than three infections in one year, and no age is spared. But this is a menopause podcast, so I'm going to focus on why midlife women get recurrent urinary tract infections and how midlife women can prevent them. And then I'm going to spend a little time talking about diagnosing an infection and appropriate treatment. But what I really want to focus on is prevention, both what isn't helpful and what you can do that will once and for all make it stop happening. So first, the why. All right. Anatomy reminder. Uh, the kidneys are where urine is produced. The urine then travels down the ureters to the bladder where it hangs out until you have the urge to pee. Once you make it to the toilet, and hopefully not before you get to the toilet, but that's a different episode. The urine then travels down the urethra and exit in a small opening just above the vaginal opening. So urine travels down the urinary tract. It's supposed to be a one-way road. A urinary tract infection occurs when bacteria makes its way to the urethra and then travels up to the bladder. The most common bug is E. coli, a bacteria that normally populates the gastrointestinal tract. Women get urinary tract infections far more often than men. There's three reasons for that. One, a lot of bacteria hang out around the anus and surrounding tissue, and the distance between the anus and the urethra is much shorter in women than in men. The second reason is because of those hormonal changes in menopause, healthy vaginal lactobacilli get wiped out. When that happens, E. coli multiply and are more likely to take up residence in the urethra. And finally, the female urethra is a much shorter and more traveled road than a male urethra. So if you have a penis and you're listening to this, nothing I'm about to say applies to you. Your situation and the treatment of a urinary tract infection is completely different. And I want to emphasize, this increased risk of UTIs, it has nothing to do with hygiene. More on that later. While any woman is at risk, thanks to that short urethra, clearly some women are more prone to recurrent UTIs than other women. If your mom suffered from recurrent UTIs, or if you had your first UTI before the age of 15, you may have a genetic predisposition, which causes those E. coli bacteria to stick to the walls of the urinary tract instead of getting flushed out. 
intercourse, especially with a new partner and an explanation for why so many college women get UTIs, is often the culprit for recurrent urinary tract infections since sexual contact, no matter how many showers you take, how often you pee, and how well you wipe, facilitates the journey of E. coli from the rectum to the urethra. And while condoms decrease the chance of a sexually transmitted infection, sadly, being responsible about protection is no defense against a UTI. If there is a UTI, it needs to be correctly treated. And the sooner the better, since an untreated UTI can result in the bacteria continuing to travel until they get all the way up to the kidneys, and that condition is known as pyelonephritis. So if you have symptoms of a UTI along with fever and back pain, don't waste time. You need to get medical help right away. So what are the symptoms? How do you know if you have a UTI? Well, for most women, it's not subtle. It's a constant gotta go feeling. And when you do pee, it's really painful. And usually only small amounts of urine come out. In some cases, no urine comes out despite this incredible urge to pee. It's also not unusual for the urine to be bloody. Now, while seeing blood is terrifying, Blood in the urine is not necessarily an indication of a kidney infection or even a more serious UTI. Blood is just an indication that the walls of the bladder are inflamed enough to bleed. And keep in mind, if you put just a few drops of blood in a bowl of water, the whole bowl is going to look red. It doesn't take much blood for your urine to look like cranberry juice. In almost every urinary tract infection, there's going to be some bleeding, but sometimes it's so minimal, you can't see it, but it will show up in a urinalysis. What is not generally associated with the UTI is vaginal discharge, vulvar, or vaginal itching. While a change in color or odor may indicate an infection, most changes in urine that you can smell or see are caused by foods, medications, or dehydration. So if your urine smells funny and that's your only symptom, it's far more likely you ate asparagus than that you have an infection. Here's where it can get confusing. In some women, particularly peri and postmenopause women, classic symptoms of a UTI are not an indication of an infection, but an indication of a completely different condition. Specifically, symptoms that mimic a UTI, such as that constant gotta go feeling and burning, may simply be a result of menopausal changes in the urinary tract as a consequence of low estrogen. And as you know from episode three, what's up down there, genital dryness and misbehaving bladders, genital urinary syndrome of menopause isn't just responsible for vaginal dryness and painful sex, but also bladder symptoms, even when there's no infection. So just to be clear, genital urinary syndrome of menopause increases both the risk of urinary tract infections and the risk of urinary symptoms, such as urgency and discomfort with urination, even when there is no infection. And while the symptoms can be the same, the treatment is different. In the case of a urinary tract infection, the culture will be positive and antibiotics are needed. But if the culture is negative, then the symptoms are most likely due to the changes in the urinary tract that occur as a result of lack of estrogen. And repeated courses of antibiotics are not the solution. So the only way 
the only way to know if it's a urinary tract infection as opposed to urinary symptoms from genital urinary syndrome and menopause is to get a urine culture. And especially if that culture is negative, you need to have a vaginal involvar exam to determine if genital urinary syndrome of menopause is the culprit. All too often, that exam never happens. Here's what does typically happen. You get UTI symptoms, you call your doctor, and you're told to come in for testing. The two tests that are commonly done, a urinalysis and a culture, are not the same thing. The urinalysis is an evaluation of the urine to see if there's white blood cells, red blood cells, and bacteria. It's suggestive of an infection, but it's not a definitive diagnosis. A urinalysis can be done very quickly, either on the spot or within a few hours if it gets sent to the lab. However, the American Urological Association has stated that those on-the-spot urinalysis sticks should not be used for diagnosing UTIs, especially, especially in women with repeat infections, yet it is the most common test used in urgent care centers. The culture, on the other hand, is the test which determines if bacteria are growing in the urine, and if so, what kind of bacteria, and what antibiotics will work. A urine culture takes about 48 hours. So if you're lucky when you're told to come in and get all this testing, there's an urgent care down the block. But if that's not the case, you have no choice but to drop everything, cancel out the afternoon, mumble something to your boss about female problems, sit in traffic, which ordinarily is miserable, but particularly miserable when you have this horrible urgency to pee, then you pay for your parking or a taxi, check in, and frantically ask where the bathroom is, only to be told that you can't pee until you have been given a cup. So you sit miserably in the waiting room until your name is called, and after answering a few questions, are mercifully finally given a sterile cup to pee into. And it's pretty much a given that someone else will be in the bathroom, so you wait in the hall and you do the pee-pee dance until you're able to dash in and finally get some relief. But not so fast. First, you have to open the cup, unwrap the cleansing wipe, and position yourself for urine collection. It should really be an Olympic event. The toilet crouch with extra points for spreading the labia, using the wipe to clean the area, peeing a little bit into the toilet, and then quickly moving the cup into position to catch a midstream urine sample without, of course, letting go of your labia or peeing on the floor. All of this takes place in a public bathroom while you are in pain. The degree of difficulty is high, and it's amazing anyone ever gets an uncontaminated specimen for urinalysis or culture. And if there's any contamination from vaginal discharge or vulvar skin, you may end up with a misleading urinalysis. And then you go home and wait for results, which can take up to 48 hours. Now, most doctors will give you antibiotics without culture results to not only put you out of your misery, but also to prevent the infection from traveling up to your kidneys. If the culture comes back, and determines that you're not on the best antibiotic, it can always be switched to one with better coverage. And treating without a culture is totally fine, especially if it's a once in a blue moon infection and you're really uncomfortable. But the downside to treating right away is that especially if symptoms are subtle, you may not have a UTI and you're taking antibiotics unnecessarily, or the antibiotic you are taking may not be the right one. But if someone is getting recurrent infections, it's important, really important to identify the bacteria and determine what antibiotics will kill the specific bacteria that's causing the problem. It's not unusual for someone to have a bug that's resistant to the commonly prescribed antibiotics, or in some cases, a recurrent UTI, you may have more than one bug. 
So in the typical scenario, once the UTI is diagnosed, you get a course of antibiotics, which is, by the way, the wrong treatment in up to 60% of cases that was just published. And then things are great until you get the next UTI and go through the whole thing again. After a few bouts, it's not unusual to be sent to a urologist to find out why you're having so many UTIs, followed by a bunch of tests that you may not need, including a cystoscopy. Going to get back to that later. Getting the correct diagnosis and treatment, it shouldn't be this difficult, but there's actually now a better way. Um, and this is new and it's very, very cool. Um, just heard about this. So my UTI is an at-home test to quickly identify if the cause of symptoms is due to urinary tract infections. And if it is, quickly identify what the bug is and what antibiotics it will respond to. This way, you won't take antibiotics unnecessarily. And if you need antibiotics, you'll get the right treatment right away. And remember, I mentioned that up to 60% of the time, women don't get the right treatment, meaning either they get the wrong antibiotic or they're given the right antibiotic for the wrong amount of time. No, you do not need to take an antibiotic for 10 days when you get a UTI. Depending on the specific drug, the correct period of time to take antibiotics for an uncomplicated urinary tract infection is either one day, three days, or five days, not 10 days. So if you're told or think you need a stronger antibiotic for a longer length of time, that's not true. You need the right antibiotic for the right length of time. And that's the premise behind my UTI. So here's how my UTI works. If you're prone to urinary tract infections, or if you have symptoms and you're not sure if you have an infection, you can get a just-in-case kit from my UTI to have on hand. When those bladder symptoms hit, even if it's 2 a.m., even if it's a Sunday, even if the doctor's office is closed, you can just collect the urine in your own bathroom and then ship it overnight to the MyUTI laboratory where PCR technology, the same technology that's being used for rapid COVID testing, is used to identify not just E. coli, but the top 12 organisms known to cause urinary tract infections, plus a rapid analysis of which antibiotics will work. If you have a UTI, you'll be on the right antibiotic from the get-go, which not only cuts short the misery, but also dramatically decreases the risk of a kidney infection or a relapse. If you don't have a UTI, you won't be taking an unnecessary antibiotic, which is not only expensive, but can increase the risk of yeast infections, resistant strains of bacteria, allergic reactions, and gastrointestinal problems. Even more important, if a UTI is not causing your symptoms, you'll know you need to see a doctor to figure out what is causing your symptoms. And there's more information about my UTI in the program notes. Okay. So once you determine you're a member of the recurrent UTI club, what are effective prevention strategies? Well, first I'm gonna run through what doesn't work. Despite what your mother, your hairdresser, another magazine, Dr. Google, or even your actual doctor has told you, scientific studies have not shown that peeing immediately before and immediately after intercourse makes any difference at all. Likewise, frequent urination, doesn't prevent recurrent UTIs. Wiping patterns, back to back, front to back, side to side, really, it doesn't make any difference if you've just urinated. Just wipe your anus separately if you've had a bowel movement. And there's no need to avoid hot tubs and pantyhose. They're just fine. And cranberry juice, 
I love cranberry juice. Drink cranberry juice if you like it, but it won't decrease infections. Ditto cranberry tablets and capsules. Probiotics, don't bother. Now, I mentioned before that some women end up with a cystoscopy. A cystoscopy is a procedure in which a scope is inserted through the urethra and into the bladder to see if there's a reason for recurrent infections. But guess what? In most cases, it's completely unnecessary. There was a 2022 scientific study that enrolled 275 women who had documented recurrent urinary tract infections. All 275 women in that group had a cystoscopy. Zero, zero women had any abnormalities to explain their recurrent urinary tract infections. And I can pretty much guarantee that no one in that group had a vaginal exam to see if they had dryness and thinning of the tissue that would have been a big red flag for genital urinary syndrome or menopause. But suffice it to say, there was no value in having the cystoscopy and it did not provide a reason for the recurrent UTIs in one single case. If you have persistent blood in your urine when you don't have an infection, that's a different story and a cystoscopy is appropriate. But if your only problem is recurrent urinary tract infections, most experts agree that there's no need for that cystoscopy. So, all right, let's move on to what does work to prevent recurrent infections. For starters, make sure you have a culture that determines if you've been treated for the right organism with the right antibiotic. And yes, more than one bug can be the culprit. It's amazing how many women get treated again and again with the same antibiotic and end up with a relapse of the original infection. This is generally the case of symptoms recur in less than two weeks after completing your antibiotics. When it comes to prevention of recurrent urinary tract infections in the postmenopause crowd, the number one thing that will prevent frequent urinary tract infections is the use of a local vaginal estrogen. I cannot emphasize this enough. Even if you have no interest in having sex, even if vaginal dryness is not an issue, the urinary tract is loaded with estrogen receptors. And in most cases, just supplying estrogen will reduce or even completely eliminate recurrent infections. In addition to improving the health of the tissue, estrogen assures a healthy microbiome so that the good bacteria instead of the bad problematic bacteria are hanging around. Estrogen comes in the form of a vaginal cream, a long-acting vaginal ring, a vaginal insert, or vaginal tablet. And the details of all of those products are in episode five, vaginal estrogen rings, creams, and other things. Now, there are non-estrogen options, um, such as DHEA and oral espemaphine, which will also reduce recurrent urinary tract infections. But if you do use estrogen, you don't need to use a lot. I mean, there are some women who only need to apply a dab of estrogen cream to the urethra a few times a week to get rid of the bladder problems, but others need to use estrogen inside the vagina as well to make sure that the entire bladder is getting the benefit of the estrogen as well as the urethra. And if you're having bladder urgency, frequency, and discomfort that's not from an infection, a local vaginal estrogen will likely eliminate those symptoms. And no, I do not work for the vaginal estrogen companies, but I am telling you that every woman, every woman who has bladder symptoms post-menopause, whatever the reason, 
will benefit from using a local estrogen product. This is one of the most underutilized and life-changing things a woman can do. It is safe for virtually every woman, including with breast cancer, and it continues to surprise me how many gynecologists, internists, family doctors, and even urologists don't automatically make this recommendation. By the way, if you're taking systemic estrogen, that may help but it is not as effective as a local product when it comes to bladder symptoms. So if you're using a transdermal or oral systemic estrogen for relief of hot flashes, bone health, et cetera, and you're still having recurrent urinary tract infections, you may also need to use a local product. And yeah, you can use both together. Contrary to popular belief, using systemic estrogen along with a local vaginal estrogen is not too much estrogen. Moving on, there are other strategies in addition to estrogen that will reduce the risk. Methenamine, also known as Hiprex or Urex, is an oral drug that acidifies the urine and stops the growth of bacteria in the bladder. It's not used to treat an infection, but it is used to prevent infections and needs to be taken on a daily basis. A 2022 study in the British Medical Journal showed that it works as well as antibiotics to prevent recurrent infections. By the way, D-Manos, another non-antibiotic, has not been shown to work in good scientific studies. All of the women that say it worked for them, it's anecdotal. Another strategy that may help is to drink more water. In a 2021 study, young women with recurrent urinary tract infections increased their daily fluid intake of water to two to three liters and reduced recurrence rate by 50%. Now, this doesn't work once you have a UTI. Increasing your water intake needs to be done on a regular basis to flush out the sticky bacteria and prevent infection. But this particular study was done in young women. I don't know if there's the same benefit in postmenopause women, but drinking lots of water is good for you, so it's not a bad thing to try. If the only time you get a UTI is when you have intercourse, taking one antibiotic pill when you have sex will dramatically decrease the chance of that postcoital UTI. Despite fears to the contrary, taking one antibiotic pill on a regular basis does not lead to an increase in yeast infections or antibiotic resistance. Again, this strategy is primarily studied in young women. One situation that I want to mention is the woman who has bacteria in urine found on a random urinalysis or culture, but who's having no symptoms. And in this case, treatment is generally not necessary. The exception is if you're pregnant or have kidney disease. But for this reason, there's a movement away from doing routine urine tests in women who have no symptoms. So it's not strange if you go to your regular doctor and they don't ask for a urine sample. If nothing you do seems to help, it's time to make an appointment to see a urologist or a urogynecologist to make sure that there isn't another reason for recurrent infection. And it's reassuring to know that if a UTI is properly treated, even frequent recurrent UTIs will not lead to long-term health problems such as kidney disease. It also helps to know that scientists are busy developing a vaccine that stops E. coli from sticking to the urogenital tract. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of.
sometimes I feel blue She helped me see the light Now I'm sleeping through the night